The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Are you looking for a new and empowering lens through which to view your life and your health? Then register now for Get Healthy with Sound, a weekend workshop with Eileen McCusick, an innovator in the fields of therapeutic sound, electric health, and the human biofield. May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn easy and accessible techniques to reduce stress, improve focus, and increase energy. Learn more today at eomega.org slash thrive. Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa is for educational purposes only and is not intended to provide a physician-patient relationship, give diagnoses, prescribe treatment, or do psychotherapy. Please contact your healthcare provider to obtain treatment. This podcast is produced with caller interaction. Follow Dr. Mona Lisa on Facebook and Instagram to be a part of the next podcast taping. Discover your body's natural ability to heal. Welcome to Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa. This is Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa podcast on mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network. My name is Dr. Mona Lisa. Today's show is how to create peace and health when there's chaos all around you. We're getting ready for a holiday now, and you can have chaos at any time, whether you go on vacation or whatever. How do you maintain spirituality and peace in your family trying to have organization and planning when things eventually unravel into chaos. I'm going to teach you how to use mind, body, and medical intuition to be human, have some kind of plan with family and friends, but also maintain sanity and some spirituality and serenity. If you want, you 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 could have attended this podcast ahead of time, signed up, and gotten a free mini reading. Each week I advertise ahead of time. All you have to do is log in to the link provided on Facebook or Instagram, and you can get a free mini reading. If you're shy and you want a private reading, go to www.drmonalisa.com, www.drmonalisa.com, or call 207-846-6475, 207-846-6475. If you want to know how to do medical intuition or want to use your body's innate intuitive wisdom to create health, happiness, and serenity, I use a class, a seven-day class I teach once a week. It's a certificate training. There's more information on it on my website, www.drmonalisa.com. You can subscribe to this show on Healthy Living Intuitively with me, Dr. Mona Lisa, podcast on any podcast provider you have on Apple, Google, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. But please remember this forum is educationally only and not intended to provide a physician-patient relationship, give diagnoses, prescribe treatment, or do psychotherapy. But please contact your healthcare provider to obtain treatment. If you're in an emergency, please go to your nearest emergency room. 
What's interesting is how do you create peace and health when there's chaos all around you? What you're really doing is learning medical intuition. And that is how to key in moment to moment and how your body feels when things around you may be changing because that's what our body is. Our body is like a compass. It lets us know when things around us or around inside of the people around us are changing. And our body is like a dashboard in a car. It lets us know with a series of warning lights when something is changing and we need to adapt. Like a dashboard in a car, there's a light for low on oil, low on water. There's a problem with the electrical system and so on. We have basic seven lights in us in certain organ areas that will light up with symptoms of discomfort if something is awry. Majority of the time, like our car, we plan maintenance. We get a license registration inspection. We, we for a vacation, if we're going on a car trip, we pack everything. If we're going on a trip, we pack everything. And we plan, we may create lists. If we have a holiday and we're creating gifts, buying gifts, we have a list. We check it twice. And we think about the people who we're buying for. And even if we're buying gifts, we might have feelings about some people. We may feel, oh my God, that person has been not very nice to me. They've been, well, naughty. And that other people have been very kind to us. They've been, well, nice. And so you check your list, you check it twice. But you still have to, if you're having a holiday, you try to, and with your family and friends, treat them equal, whether they are kind or not. The thing is, we have two parts of our brain, a right and a left. The right brain, we have our feelings and we are aware of other people's feelings. And our feelings about other people, whether they're nice to us or naughty to us, we may try to treat everybody the same, but our feelings, if we're not able to come to peace with them, it creates a chaos in us and it goes down into our body. And as someone is thinking things and they're unkind to us, we'll have a feeling in our body, a dashboard light will go on depending on where you're genetically predisposed, you might get a stomach ache. You might get abdominal distension and bloating. You may get a urinary infection. You may get a vaginal yeast infection. You may get a heart arrhythmia. You might start getting a sick headache. You might get dry eyes. You might get whatever. Your carpal tunnel might act up. Something that you're predisposed to will, quote, act up letting you know that you're having trouble stomaching that person or handling that person, the metaphor will apply. So don't you feel bad for Santa Claus because that you can't like everybody and everybody can't like you, but we certainly try on holidays. Santa Claus is coming to town and you're going on holiday. You better watch out. 
you better not cry. So, but we try to. We try to curb our anxiety. We try to curb our sadness. You better not pout. We better, we try to curb our um, nervousness. I'll tell you why. We try not to talk about it because we're coming to town. We're going on vacation. We make a list. We check it twice. We think that we're going to cover up all this anxiety, all this sadness, all this trepidation. We're going to plan, 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 plan. And that's because the left brain, that's what the left brain does. The left brain organizes plans, organizes plans. That's what people do at Disney World. The first time I went there, I could not believe it. You have these pre- people, these per- perfect families, and they all have a shirt. And it's the Brown family, and there's Papa Brown, and there's Mama Brown, and then there's the each kid has their own shirt, and they're all going down the street. And everything's lovely because it's organized. And usually there's someone who's very left brain, who's got the list and they're checking it twice. And there's always a kid with ADD who's, quote, naughty. And there's always the kid who's got patent leather shoes, who's the nice one. But by 2 to 4 a.m., 4 p.m. in the afternoon, when it's in Chinese medicine kidney hour, or adrenal gland gets tired, people are good and tired, which means they're bad and tired, which means naughty and not nice. And that's when we have the spit-ups. And it doesn't matter how much you organize and plan and check your list twice. And believe me, I saw the organization because I've bought the organization books for holidays, like in Disney World, or the organization that people, the books that they sell for how to have the perfect holiday. When do you start buying? When do you start planning? How to set the table? How to anticipate? Who do you seat next to who so they don't poke each other's eyes out? It's amazing. It's an industry. The thing is, the theory is, That you can make a list, you can check it twice, and you can corral cats. You can put chickens in a line and you can balance your hormones. Yeah, you can. And the answer is, no, you can't. You cannot anticipate for sure the weather in New England. No, you can't. And the pursuit of it is nuts. It's absolutely nuts. Because it never, ever works. So the person who's holding the list ends up saying, you don't appreciate all the work I've done. And the other person, some of the kids go, but that's not what I want to do. I don't want to go. And they say, we don't all want to go to Fantasia at 252. We want to go to the pool. That's what. But you said you wanted to do that two weeks ago. Well, that's not what we feel like we want to do now. The point of the matter is we're making a list. We're checking it twice. It doesn't work because the right hemisphere, emotion and intuition always is dominant. And that's the point is chaos, disorganization will always rule, but you'd be surprised. And that's why every single year, Labor Day, they start trotting out. You start hearing, it's subtle. You start hearing holiday music. Yes, you do. It's subtle, but you do. 
all of a sudden a Perry Como or an Elvis channel on Sirius network in the car becomes a holiday channel. And it, and people start to groan, but people start to get in it. And next thing you know, you're buying in a wreath by July 4th. And it arrives on September 31st. And the thing is dead by October 31st when it's supposed to be Halloween, for God's sakes. But nope, we're organizing and we're planning. My point is, is this. I have friends. They used to try to plan a gift ahead of time for me. Now, you might think, oh, well, that's because she's a professional intuitive. Now, if you have a brain, a right brain, a left brain, and a body, you have feelings in your right brain about people. And part of you is a kid. So sometimes you'll have feelings about gifts. You will. You just plain will. Everybody has feelings. You think they evaporate when they go into a holiday? No, they don't. So sometimes you don't want the gift certificate. Sometimes you want the clothing. Sometimes you'd rather go on a trip. Or sometimes you don't want a gift from that person because that means you have to give them a gift back and you don't feel the same with them. The point of the matter is it's a mess. And there's always going to be feelings behind it. Chaos reigns. You can't plan. It's better off checking in with your body and finding out how you feel and learning mindfulness skills on how to surf the up and the downs of holidays and vacations because it's going to happen. And that's why you feel a little funny as you're going off on vacation. You might get a little excited, but you're feeling a little nervous as you're getting close to the car or the airplane or whatever. And people start to get in little arguments about stupid things. I don't want that beverage in the car. You're only allowed one half of a beverage because I'm not pulling the car over to the side of the road because you always have to pee. And it starts with little ditzy things because... People are intuitively keying into the conflicts that are invariably happening. My point is the conflicts you have at home are the conflicts you'll have in holidays. How do you create peace and health when there's chaos all around? Because a holiday changes things. Your center of stability, home, which we would hope would be your center of stability, actually destabilizes when you leave. I know this because when I leave, my cats destroy my house. Last The last time I left, I don't know, for two days, I had a four-house Harry Potter city. They completely knocked it off and ripped up, I mean piece by piece, every house. The thing has 4,063 pieces. They demolished it. It looked like the houses in The Wizard of Oz. (laughs) Never seen anything. I actually think it was Thanksgiving, too, when The Wizard of Oz is usually on TV. I actually put the total destruction on Instagram. It was like, this is what I think of you when you leave? 
it was for a spinal surgery. It wasn't like this was a pl- uh, a two-hour cruise on Gilligan's Island. Nope, didn't matter. I suffer every time I leave. So you too will pay because when you go away on holiday or vacation, you're leaving people behind. And you intuitively key into that because there are other people who may- maybe they have to stay at work and they're going to think, hmm, must be nice. Or you have kids who aren't going, or parents who aren't going. They weren't invited. Must be nice. Your right brain is picking that up. And as a result, you'll get sick. And when you come home, you'll go, you know, I, my favorite, I got food poisoning. <laughs> Love it. You didn't get food poisoning the entire time you were there, but you got food poisoning on the way home. On the way home to see who? The person that didn't come with you. You ate the same food the entire time, but you never got sick. You got sick on the way home. Invariably. Can't say that. So my point is, how do you create peace and health? Bring a book. Bring a little journal. And when you start to get symptoms, draw a little figure. I don't want to use the word voodoo doll, but just use the word figure, okay? And say, this is me. And then when you start to get symptoms in your body, put an X. And then get the book, The Intuitive Advisor, Awakening Intuition, um, All is Well, Heal Your Mind, any of my books that I've written. Not, I'm not trying to sell books, though. You'd be surprised. I never sell books. It's like I am terrible with sales. You didn't even know that I even write a book because I never even think to use this form to sell a book. But the point of the matter is there's a chart there that you turn it on its side and it's like a dashboard. And it will tell you in the area in your body what the meaning is. So if you have you get sick to your stomach on the way home, you feel guilty. Now there's two times, and then you get a book called DBT Skills. Only reason why I like it is because, and I, if, if you're listening to the podcast, you see the video, if you're watching it live, I have them tabbed. Page 214 to 251, the book is written by Marshall Linehan, is like a decoder ring for intuition, for emotions. They tell you where the body symptom is, the health reaction, then it tells you the emotion that's there and then the prompting event. So if you have a gut feeling, for example, you're getting sick, like a friend of mine calls me from the airport, she's sitting under an awning and she's hurling, things are coming out of both ends is my point. It was unbelievable. She said, I'm sick as a dog. Okay. She can get sick the entire time. So she's sick to her stomach. And so the emotion that that usually experiences is um, fear or guilt. So then you try to look at the prompting event of that. This is page 223 of DBT Skills. It's skills training. It helps you take emotion in your right brain or intuition teaches you to bring it to your left brain, name it so that it doesn't go down to your body and continue to generate symptoms. Because the point is in medical intuition, we can either have right brain intuition or we can have body intuition. 
And if we can take it, the emotion and the intuition, bring it to our left brain and name it and figure out the correct response, we can release it. But if not, it goes down to your body and you it, the symptom stays longer and longer and longer and it increases our chance towards symptoms of illness. Didn't think the title of this today's show is How to Create Peace and Health When There Is Chaos All Around You is really about medical intuition because it really is. So if you in that situation, the prompting event for all of a sudden onset of guilt and throwing up is, I think I did something wrong. What keeps it stuck on is the thought. I'm going to be blamed for something. I did something badly. So I said to my friend, you know, you weren't sick. You never got sick on any of the food. You ate the same food in the same hotel until you went home to someone who didn't go with you. Well, it wasn't well received. It's called the bearer of bad tidings, which is, you know, an occupational hazard. Hey, I didn't choose this occupation. However, <laughs> it, I'm getting ready to go to Disney World. Okay. So the cat, the main culprit who's doing all that destructive work, has now decided to signal his distaste of me leaving by peeing on things. Now, I don't mean normal peeing. I mean, I put a pillow on the floor right in front of me. It's like his accuracy to hit the pillow right in front. He could go to the Olympics if it was an event. Suffice it to say, I brought him to the vet and they say he's oxalate crystals or something in his bladder. They give him an antibiotic. They give him Neurontin or something, which is for anti-anxiety and a alpha adrenergic prazolin. I know it's because, you know, I'm a physician in, in neuroscience. Anyway, so he's getting all these meds and he's much calmer. On the other hand, he knows I'm getting ready to leave. And what emotion do I experience? I start to get nauseous and obstructed. My stomach goes all the way out and I get sick as a schnauzer or let's just say, domestic short hair feline. Why? Because I feel guilty. Two days before I'm supposed to get in the car. Why? Because it's not, it's about who I'm leaving home. Hey, I've been saving for four years. It's the first time that I'll be leaving that's not associated with a surgery, for God's sake. Nope, can't do it. It's not guilt. There's two types of guilt. There's justified guilt, like I stole from the bank. So you say you're sorry, you make amends, like you go to jail and do the penance, and then you do your time. And then you never do it again. On the other hand, there's unjustified guilt that a lot of people suffer from. You feel guilty for everything, usually around people who don't feel guilty for anything. Um, I just have to say this. Do you know that women say they're sorry 60% more than, I just want you to say that. So if I bump into a wall, I apologize. I'll just say, I'm so sorry. It's just a reflex. It's 
ridiculous. In fact, I pre-apologize to people. I'm so sorry, but what I'm about to say is ridiculous. I'm so sorry, but what I'm about to say may offend you, and I really mean no offense. I'll try to say it in absolutely the... By that time, it's so annoying to the individual. They're like, just say it. So I feel guilty that I'm even leaving, that I am so sick, and I'm supposed to leave on Saturday. That I may be too sick because a surgeon saw the photo and said, you should go to the hospital and get an NG tube put in. I had nothing to eat today, but I'm doing the show because I'm sick from guilt, because of the impending chaos. Holidays bring up the best in us. How do you maintain sanity? Many people, what they do is avoid or they overgive. They overbuy. That's the first thing. Or they're overly giving to people who are nasty so that you think if you're nicer to that person and give them more, they won't be nasty. Actually, that's not very good because that means that person's anger, your right brain, you're anticipating intuitively that that person will be angry with you and chaos will ensue. So you might get a variety of symptoms. The point is, your anxiety in trying to master the situation by planning, planning, overgiving, overgiving, gives that person power that they have you jumping through hoops. They'll never, ever give you the time of day They'll always try to say something nasty because they now know they've got you. So that's not an effective strategy. The best way of doing it is to gently avoid that person, but not overgive because what you're really doing is shame. You're acting like you're not good enough. And so you're overgiving and being overly apologetic because this person is acting like they're they're better and you actually have a phobia of their lack of approval. So you are trying to earn their approval by doing too much because you have shame. They make you feel bad about yourself when you're disapproving. When they're disapproving, you can't do that. You have to know that you're good enough just the way you are. And the solution to a phobia is to approach, don't avoid, and do, and do the opposite of what you're doing. So do the same that you do for everybody else that you do for that person. And when they start to spit up, you simply don't apologize. And you know, there's always 13% of all people have this. There's always something with this person. They got, I call it, they need ass electrolysis. Electrolysis was a form of hair removal that we used to do that I think was kind of, you know, uh, sadistic. Ass electrolysis is removing hair because they have a hair across their ass. They're just unhappy and they get their anger out on somebody else. So on every holiday, there's always someone that's not happy. And so they look around for some well-meaning person who's trying to make everybody happy, and that's you. And so they get you through your paces. And because you're phobic 
about their disapproval. You're phobic or anxious about their anger. Don't do it. Approach, don't avoid. And when they say, you know, I don't think this is very good, you'll go, you know, you may be right. <laughs> go, has anybody got to see the rutabagas? I seem to have lost the rutabagas and move right on. Don't fall for it. That's that's a one problem with chaos. The other thing is that there's always going to be a lack of order. You're going to pass a plate of something and someone's going to drop it right on the floor. Look on your watch and go, the 915 train is right on schedule because that is exactly what's supposed to happen. There's no such thing as perfection. In calculus, it's called the limit as it approaches infinity. It doesn't ever reach infinity. There is no such thing as perfection because it depends on what kind of microscope or scan or how close you look. If it's life, if it's living, there's no such thing as perfection or it wouldn't be alive. That's why people have trouble with, wait for it, artificial intelligence. And we know those people who arrive who aren't real. Then you have to realize that you bring your warts to the table too. You're not all like that. You're odd. You have your idiosyncrasies. You may be spiritual. You may feel you're enlightened. Do you remember when we were all kids and when the kid got into the car, we always had a little bag? with crayons, the coloring book, and we had our little activities. That when the adults did their thing, like usually they drank martinis and they talked about adult stuff that we had no interest in talking about, we opened up our little bag and we colored or we did things like that. Usually I sat under the piano and built things with wood, but you know that was me and people thought I was odd. Chances are you have your odd things too. That's where this point is, how to use mind-body medical intuitive solutions to be spiritual and still have earthbound relationships. So you are going to sit at the table for a requisite amount of time. And if you have to have a silent alarm at and your clock or something in your purse or whatever wallet, have it. Have your requisite amounts of relating to people who have a 46 chromosome. This is very hard for me. I usually like to hang out in the kitchen doing KP duty, kitchen patrol. I talked to my accountant today and she said, I said, so what are you doing for the holiday? She said, got to go to the in-laws. There was absolutely no joy. And when I said, that's hilarious. She said, no, I love my in-laws, but it was the tone. Are you looking for a new and empowering lens through which to view your life and your health? Then register now for Get Healthy with Sound, 
a weekend workshop with Eileen McCusick, an innovator in the fields of therapeutic sound, electric health, and the human biofield, May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn easy and accessible techniques to reduce stress, improve focus, and increase energy. Learn more today at eomega.org thrive. I tell you, it was hilarious. It was all about the tone. So I don't like to be with the people. I like to be in the kitchen because I have social phobia. So I force, force yourself for a requisite amount to socialize. And then do something that's your activity that you would have done if you were a kid with the thing. But make it something like that you would have had a coloring book. Make it something that everybody, nobody else wants to do like clear the table or clean the kitchen, that they'll go, aren't they an angel? Because it will give you a break from those people. And you get kudos and do something that's particularly bad, like take out the trash. That will get you, there's a formula for handling something that's toxic in the lab. Too much chaos is not good for you. Too much perfection is not good, or approach to perfection is not good for you. A balance is good. But some people who are hyperintuitive and hyperspiritual, they can't take that much captivity, let us say. So do things. So captivity or close in hyphen normal relating. With your family, makes you a little skitsy, like develop a twitch. So do things like, I'm going to take out the trash. You know all those lobster shells that smell real bad? I'll take them out for you and do that because it gets you outside. And you'll say, and then I'll go for a walk around uh, the house. And someone will say, unwittingly, someone who's annoying will go, I'll go with you. And you go, you know what? This is when I say my Hebrew prayers really loud and there's moaning involved. And they'll go, oh, never mind. So that's your time to be alone and away from people. In a lab, there's a formula for safety to work with radiation. It's called increased distance, decreased time of exposure. To handle chaos during a holiday, having a balance between being with people who you love, but also maintain your spiritual core. It is having some distance and having some lowering your exposure. So if you're going to an event like Disney World or the Grand Canyon, and everyone is like in line in a march, Don't go every day with everybody. Say, you know what? I'm going into town to the museum about um, Native American pottery that was done in the 17th century by Indian monks and Native Americans. And people are like, wow, that doesn't sound very interesting. And you're like, but it was something that I studied in my undergraduate thesis. I find it extremely exciting. I'm going to be there for about seven hours. I look at each bowl and write notes on it. That's your day away. That will give you your serenity and peace center. So 
And then it also allows you time to eat less, move less, or move more. Do those things that bring you back to your center. I'm Dr. Mona Lisa, and this is how to create peace and health in the midst of chaos all around you. We're opening up the lines today. If anybody has any questions with a particular situation they're nervous about, we had some questions last week. Don't bring up names. The best thing you can do, okay, if you're worried about fixing confidentiality, I do this with all the time in books. Change the gender, okay? If it's your mother-in-law, make it your father-in-law, okay? If it's if you if you're uncomfortable with names, I always make it Mary or John. Okay? So everyone is Mary or John. Change the age. They're always 48. Okay? So all that nobody is recognizable. And if somebody says, I recognized you, you talked about me, you'll say, No, I didn't. Are you is your name Mary? Are you 48? When you're really talking about Brown, John, John. Does anybody have a question? So that should make all fear. And if you have problems with that, write it down so you won't forget it. Because I will be able to understand what you're saying because I, first of all, we're on the radio and I know you don't want to break confidentiality. And number two, I can hear in your head and see in your head. I'm clairvoyant. I can see what you're saying. I can see the person is what I'm saying. Do you understand what I'm saying? So you don't have to give me the name and the age of the person, I can see in your head this individual because I know you and I know your age. Did you get it? So in other words, when I do readings on people, I only get their, their name and their age. They sign a consent form. The card is charged. They send the consent form back with a credit card receipt. When I do the reading, the first part is the emotional part. The second part is the physical part. The, the first part is audio only. And then afterwards I say, can you please tell me your health concerns? During the emotional part, frequently enough, I'll bring people up. I'll say, someone is near you. I won't say, and what is their name? I won't say that. I'll describe their personality, how they act, how they feel, how they move. And I teach you how to maneuver your way around them. So the worst case scenario, you wouldn't have to do what I call a radical relationshipectomy. So I'm not asking you what their name is. I've actually had people say, can you only read me? Can I get have a break of the price? Just read me, or better yet, just read my left knee. It doesn't work that way. Because chances are, when you go on vacation with your, let's just say your spouse on a cruise, you're still impacted, affected by the people around you. If you're on a vacation on a small boat, I guarantee you, if there's a real itch in the table next to you every night, your vacation is going to be affected. Just like if I'm reading you, I am reading your health and happiness and how it's affected by someone in your life. You cannot remove that chaos from your being. And that I can read that very readily. I don't need to know their name and their age. In fact, one woman said, I think it's inappropriate that you talk about my mother. I went, really, when you go to therapy, do you ask, when you talk about your mother, do you ask for her consent? And she shut up. Anyway, does anybody have a question? 
people are too afraid. They're like, I don't want to do anything. You're not Hi, Dr. Mona Lisa. Yes, who is it? I can't see. This is June. Oh, hi, June. How are you? I'm doing well. Okay. Questions, actually, answers, I'm solutions, so, complaints? Well, I'm actually doing very well because I'm in DBT now. It's amazing. Um, I have a question about going to um, parties and people give you gifts and they didn't say they were giving gifts and now you don't have anything to give back. I hate that. So then I feel guilty. Like today, there was a group of women and one person brought gifts for everybody and I didn't have anything. What's the guilt about? Okay. So first of all, I love this book. I absolutely love this book because I'm telling you right now, (laughs) the world of emotion and rules is ridiculous. In the New York Times, there's a a column of a person who goes, so you say, what is the rule? Um, I'm divorced twice. My partner's been divorced twice. We have three litters of kids between us. What is the protocol for blah, blah, blah? Can you imagine how many different countries in, in the world there are and how the protocol of etiquette, etiquette is different? So you can imagine that that's a different cultural rule. And when I do readings for people like in um, Abu Dhabi uh, or Pakistan or India, it, the solutions have to be appropriate for the culture. Do you understand? So yeah. for you, in this country, <laughs> you understand the ethos? Yes. And then you have to intuitively key in to the people there. So you have to ask yourself, this is hilarious, June. Okay. First of all, I can uh-huh. look up guilt, but you're going to this party, okay? And uh-huh. so everybody who's listening to this podcast knows the drill. You've got a right brain, you've got a left brain, and you've got a box underneath it, a body, right? So right. you draw two circles and a box underneath it. Right. So the circle on the right, you divide it in half. Half of it is you, and the other half is other people, okay? The other people at the party that you were going get going to, okay? Right. Uh-huh. And the left brain, the left brain, the left circle is uh, after you have your feelings and intuition ahead of time about what was supposed to happen at the party. Planning. Uh-huh. Planning what you're going to do, okay? Right. And then you got that box, your body. The feelings you had before or on the way to the party. Feelings about the people. He's making a list. She's making a list. Checking it twice, okay? This is the key. Okay. Uh huh. So you didn't just meet these people in the bus station and decide to have a party. Are you no. following me? Yeah. So factors to consider. How long have I known these people? Five seconds, five minutes, five months, five years. It sounds like you've known them for a while. Yes. Okay. That's my point. So I, that was intuitive. Okay. I'm I'm spitballing here, but only because I haven't had anything to eat all day and I have a bowel obstruction because my cat oh, no. is peeing everywhere. Yeah, I know. Isn't that unbelievable? Mm. I look nine months pregnant. Maybe mm. it's um, what is it? Silent night. Oh no. <laughs> Immaculate conception. That's just huh? immaculate <laughs> conception. I am not hungry 
at all, but I'm doing no. my show. I show up. So I'm, but you know what? It makes you more intuitive when you're sick as hell. It makes you more intuitive. So I assume you know these people for a while, which tells me something about you, June, Missy. You know what that tells me? What? They're all on the same wavelength and you ain't. Because listen to this. No, you could say, okay, you got one might ask, okay, if I wasn't doing this, one might ask, oh, you got a new job or it's a new volunteer, and you didn't know these people from Adam or Eve. And you just walked in, they all knew each other for a long time, and you're new, right? But it doesn't feel that way. It feels like you've known these people for a long time. Uh And so and you're not an intuitive, per- unintuitive person. Right. You feel intuitive. You have that deep, soulful attitude. You're not like someone who, like me, all day long watched, this is horrific to admit, I watched <laughs> College Hill, <laughs> College Hill Celebrity Edition. It's about these celebrities who go to... um black black college and actually it's amazing i watch it and it's like really revealing but i but you're not the kind of person who will watch a show like this you wouldn't but on the other hand i just watched the crown and that was unbelievable the last show was it just made me cry it was so well done so you're like i can't believe you watched two of those shows you have depth but you don't watch stupid so you have a lot of depth so it's not like you're unintuitive, but it right. tells me you've outgrown these people. Oh, I can't keep outgrowing everybody. Can I tell you? <laughs> wait a minute. Listen to me. Listen to yeah. me. Uh-huh. Do you know the Denver developmental scales? When kids are no. born, okay, when kids are born, they roll over at a certain time, lift their head at a certain time, walk on time, talk on time stack three blocks and do certain things at a certain time. And it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a graph. And if the kid doesn't stay on the curve, the doctors get all in uproar because it means the kid is developmentally falling off the curve. They're developmentally delayed. Mm-hmm. Erickson and Piaget extended those curves so that like every seven years or so you have another developmental crisis and then you progress. Erickson said every seven years until, you know, whatever, a certain age, you have generativity that you do certain things to help uh, younger generations grow and so on. Um, Yakolev and Lacour, more than you needed to know, our brains myelinate, our white matter pathways get faster, believe it or not. And though you may have slower retrieval and feel that your brain is getting slower, actually, our brains capacity to learn in many ways increases if we don't have a diseased brain. Suffice it to say, your developmental curve may be steeper. You are continuing to grow and change. Many people don't do that. They listen to the goal. There you go. I hit pay dirt. They do the same thing over and over again. I call it going to Howard Johnson's and eating the same (laughs) clam strips. They watch the same old, they listen to the same oldies. They do the same thing. I remember the year 
that watching the reading the funnies in the Sunday paper was no longer something I wanted to do. And I felt sad because I realized that it was a developmental step that I was no longer young that way. But it's different because I collect animation art. So oh. animation art is different from the funnies. Mm -hmm. And I go to Disney World because I like looking at, at, at Main Street because the windows are all about animators. Because I'm developing and growing knowledge. Uh -huh. You have grown in learning. But somehow these people are staying the same. And there's nothing wrong with tradition. 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 Right, I know. However, <laughs> it's done differently. You can read the same Torah Parsha every year and learn more and more and read different commentators and see different things in it. But your learning gains more depth. Something is different and it's a sign to you that you you may still be friends with these people because they're like a family. But you need people who challenge you more challenge you more. I don't know any people like that. Well, you're, going to have to you're going to have to find them because I will tell you, I used to be give really huge gifts at Christmas. One year I was on medicine. It's the last time I took pain meds. It's 2000. And I gave Chris Northrop's mother three gifts. I kept forgetting and I kept ordering her things. <laughs> He kept opening up boxes and another one from Mona Lisa and another one from, because I kept forgetting that I bought her one. It's ridiculous. But suffice it to say, um, it's different now. Boy, it is different. I think in terms of, um, <laughs> I send people letters from the, the, the North Pole and I create this whole story about it. And how they're getting either pied, that Santa is throwing a pie at them and they need to wear a helmet. I create a whole story and theme around it. It's very different. It becomes this whole story and this huge spiel. Do you know what I mean? Yes. But it's just very, very different. And I realized because I never thought about, and nor did I ever remember what people gave to me. I always had this thing about what I gave to them. And whenever we went, I went to someone's house, I was like, open your present, open your present, open your present. And like, why aren't you opening our presents we gave to you? It was because it was just more fun for me to give them presents. Ah. And so I think you have a problem because the gifts you're getting from these people, and this is more even more of a metaphor, all year long, I'm not commensurate with your developmental level anymore. Boring. Um, They're boring. Well, wait a minute. Let me say it another way. Okay, can I say it another way? Sure. 
My cats bring in mice. Uh-huh. They will always bring in mice. And though they're developmentally different, Conway, the one that pees, uh-huh. he now sleeps on top of me on the bean bag and puts his paw on my cheek. Uh-huh. It is the most precious thing you've ever seen. <laughs> oh, it makes you want to cry. They will always bring mice because their brain development is static. From a brain development, that's what they do. Right. And it's sweet. Uh I'm going to tell you, you can say boring, but that's a defense. Because in many ways, for you, your options are less and less to find people your age who will challenge you. Amen to that. Right. So you can't say boring because that's... that's I keep going back because I think they're sweet people. I know, but listen to me. The reality is you're going to have to find multi-generational people who can give to you all year long. Because you did not, you did not get the memo. You didn't hear it. See, that was an agreement. What was the memo? No, I didn't. I missed. You didn't get the memo that they were giving gifts. Oh, 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 oh! You were out of the queue. Somehow, you didn't hear that. And medical intuition, that sixth center, that's the warning bell. That has to do with perception, thought, morality. Your brain is not intuitively picking up those cues. Your brain is on planet Claire. It's picking up other ones. Because they could be saying, what was wrong with her? I think she's losing her marbles. She may be getting snips. That's what my mother would say. God rest her soul. She would say, you know, poor June, I think she's, she's, you know, losing turgor in the brain. I think she needs to get a scan. Oh. Do you see that? Yeah. They'll say, I think she's getting slow. (laughs) My daughter is going to start having to take her to the neurologist. Oh, no. No, I'm serious. Yeah, I know. Did you see that look of loss in her face when she, we gave her gifts and she didn't have one? She probably doesn't even know that it's the holidays. Uh, oh, that's a whole other issue. No, but you yeah. understand my yeah. point. You got to look at it from that point of view. Right. That's chaos. Holidays bring up expectation and ch- it shows change. Yeah. The kids next door, I like to bring buy gifts. But guess what? They're getting older. Those kids, kids these days, kids these days, I don't know what they're into. And their parents don't let them play video games. And they don't have cell phones. Nice. I know, but what do I get them? (laughs) And when I say, what do you people like? I don't want anything. What do I, slip a 20 up their pant leg? I don't know what to do. (laughs) Do you understand? Yeah, sometimes it's... um... Life, my point is life changes. It's chaos. Yeah. And that's all brought up by holidays. And the way to do it 
is just get a spiritual course. So what I did was say, Santa's sleigh is in the shop for work this year. So what I did was I punted. I'm delaying it until I figure out what to do. Rather than just give them, like your friends did, some gift out of duress. I hate giving gifts out of duress. I won't do it. It's fake. Oh, I had that what they did? That's what they do. I can't stand it. It's like gift on demand. It's ridiculous. <laughs> no, and then you open it up and you go, oh, I like this. This is very nice. I had an aunt every year. You know, we arrived at their house. I have knock, I have a sleep disorder. We'd sit there. I'd fall asleep. Absolutely. She'd come out. She'd always make poor things. She did the best she could. You understand uh-huh. that at tw- age 12, I made Napoleon's, something called Muy Foy. You know, you do this thing. It's Julia Child. I bought Julia Child's book and I'm making French pastry at age 12. Don't ask. Perfectionist. Wow. Okay. Well, you know, that's the way I was. What can I say? Uh-huh. Don't ask me to read. But suffice it to say, she rolls out with jello. <laughs> she goes, you know, poor thing. <laughs> she says, you don't want jello. I worked all afternoon on this jello. And I look at her. <laughs> you don't understand? And it was green yeah. jello. Who likes green jello? It's like a, a color not found in nature. I mean, yellow or orange or red, you know, but green. Ew. <laughs> but she gave us the same thing every year. She gave us Jean Nate. We're still, oh, you know, we were I like, remember that gift. <laughs> age six, age seven, age eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. It was the Jean de Tay, eau de toilet. I just said, What is eau de toilet? <laughs> How does a kid use toilet water? I said, Do I pour this in the toilet? What is this stuff? I didn't know. And that was a gift on demand. Do you understand? That's yeah. what I learned. We get that's how you entertain. You arrive at someone's house, they throw, they throw jello at you. Okay. <laughs> you get Jean Nate, and I instantly fall asleep because there was nothing there. I wasn't hooked. But if someone I'm Portuguese and Latin, if there's a good fight, I'll stay awake. <laughs> Some, someone throws a plate. Oh my God. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm awake because right. you know there's epinephrine, it's environmental ritalin. Or, you uh-huh. know, the police at my aunt Evie, at my aunt Nancy's house, she had the police radio on and she lived down the street from the projects. So we used to listen to the police, you know, dealing with arrests and break ins. Right. My aunt Nancy would go, Oh my God, listen, they're breaking in. <laughs> we would memorize all the. That to me was a party. And my aunt Nancy always gave us stuff like when she would give us a slicker or you know saddle <laughs> shoes, she would always give us what we wanted. Uh, but that's but the thing is is that I learned when you got Gina Tay, you go thank you, and then right, I got in the car and you. I I don't know what to do with this stuff. Do I pour it in the toilet? It says oh to toilet, <laughs> and I looked it up and it means water in the toilet. <laughs> right, you know what I'm saying. Yes, I do. So anyway, so the thing is, is you still say thank you because you learn to say thank you. Right. But you also learn that that person, that's the way they are. They're a jello person. Right. Yeah, I got a lot of friends that are jello people. Right. But she was also married to my Uncle Manuel, who's wonderful, who did the thing with the martinis. I mean, he's hilarious. So you understand? I do. 
you go to a party, you get one, one, two for one. So one, at least one of them is entertaining. So you, you know, it, so you get that's the whole point with chaos and order in a holiday. At least one of them is going to be entertaining, and you're going to have to deal with the boredom. You get it? Yes, I get it. Thank you. My uncle Manuel hit me in the head with his pipe. (laughs) Why? I have no idea. That's what the men did in our family. And they made moonshine downstairs in the basement. I know, it's colorful. (laughs) I'm Latina. What can I say? They come from Portugal. Anyway, you get the whole point? Chaos. I do. And I learned that chaos is a stimulant. It's an antidepressant, dopamine. Mm -hmm. It kept me awake. Too much order is put me to sleep. Oh, yeah. Oh, we need a balance of it. If you have anxiety, you don't like that. You like order. You hate chaos. I'm just telling you. Yep. So that's why we need a balance because too much chaos leads to, you know, ulcers and autoimmune problems, but too much order makes you fall asleep and have rigidity. And we don't, we can't have that. That's why we have a plethora. I hope I have been of some help. Thank you. Holidays. Hopefully I will get it together and explain to Conway that mommy needs to go to Disney World. I want to thank you for welcoming me into your day. You've been listening to Healthy Living Intuitively with me, Dr. Mona Lisa. Have a great day. Do right. Live brilliantly. Are you ready to ignite your best life and illuminate the world? I'm Stephanie James. I'm a motivational speaker, transformation coach, and psychotherapist. And what lights me up is helping people just like you create the greatest versions of themselves. On my podcast, Igniting the Spark, I will help you ignite your joy and reach new heights in your personal and professional life. Join me for some incredible conversations with authors, spiritual teachers, and other influential thought leaders to help guide you on your way. If you are ready to stop playing small, join me for Igniting the Spark on the mindbodyspirit.fm network or wherever you get your podcasts and ignite your best life.